Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode. For those who are new and listening for the first time, thank you very much for joining us. I am the uh, training school lead here at eToro, and as usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, based out in Sydney, Australia. Josh, great to have you with us, as always. Yeah, good day to all our listeners. Thank you all. It's great to be back, as always. So we're recording this one day earlier than usual as uh, as I'm off to Wembley later. I've got my English shirt on, not that you guys can see this, but uh, I think if we were to do the podcast in our usual sitting tomorrow, I can't promise that, well, I or you will will have a voice to, to do it. So uh, yeah, but it also might be quite wise that uh, not to do it tomorrow because if we do lose, um, I don't feel like we'll be much like talking anyway. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty jealous right now, Sam. I can't lie. I'm just gone into a lockdown here in Sydney, and pretty much the whole Australia is uh, is following suit as well. So I'm I, I'm pretty jealous. But you guys have had it tough in the UK for a while, so uh, you probably deserve this. But yeah, like you say, if we lose, I just don't think we bother with another podcast next week. Yeah, I think the listeners can go go without one for a week if we lose. They don't want to hear from us with our yeah. I think they lose, understand so. that. They understand. Yeah. They don't want to listen to us in a depressed state, do they? Nah. Um, moving on, what uh, what have we got on the agenda then for, for this week? Yeah, well, look, we're coming to the uh, the end of the first half of this year, moving into the, the second half. So be good to sort of recap what we've seen so far this year, um, you know, go over some of those top performing assets, what's really moved markets over the last year. We've got a little bit of data um, from the non-farm payrolls this week. Be good to sort of touch on that and how it's sort of affecting the uh, overall market in the US and, you know, the sort of the outlook for inflation, things like that. And of course, finish up with uh, with crypto as usual. Nice one. Looking forward to it. So I guess we will start with the, the first subject. And as, as mentioned, it's about to be the end of the quarter and end of the first half of the year. So from a, a performance standpoint, then what, what stood out? How have things performed over the last six months? Yeah, look, it's been a strong start to 2021. I think we can probably see this as a bit of an everything rally so far. Uh, if we look at sort of how many assets have, have risen in the first six months of this year and yeah, across the board, it's, it's just been a, a really solid start. Um, if we look at equities to be, to begin with, a, a big six months, global equities have returned around about 12%. Um, the S&P 500 has, has effectively more than delivered over a year's average returns in, in six months as well. Um, so we're seeing the strongest first half of a year um, in about nine years from, from the S&P. So a big start there to, to start the year. Um, growth in tech, they started the sort of the, the year well. Uh, for the first sort of first one or two months, they've lagged sort of since that time a little bit. We've sort of you know, had a bit of a strong run over the last sort of couple of weeks. The Nasdaq finished last week up about 3%, I think, and a strong start again last night. But we've since seen that rotation into those value cyclical stocks, which have performed you know really well so far, just you know, year to date. You know, financials, so from the XLF, that's up about 26% year to date, got the energy sector with like the XLE, that's up about 40% as well year to date. So it's been a bit of a mix there. 
then we also look at things like commodities uh, and crypto also performed really well in that same time frame. Um, looking at commodities, oil has been one of the standout performers sort of year to date. We obviously spoke about um, oil, uh, you know, I think it was a couple of podcasts ago, but that's up about 40% year to date. So again, a really strong number there. Um, Bitcoin, again, probably, uh, you know, surprisingly enough, isn't the best performing asset so far of, uh, of 2021. I think oil is, is the best performing asset in that sense. Uh, if we look at sort of traditional, I mean, we can look at obviously other crypto assets to say so, but yeah, Bitcoin is, is trading slightly lower than or slightly higher, sorry, than how we entered 2021, which was around about 29,000. So we're, you know, only looking at about a 17, 18% gain, whereas other cryptos such as say Ethereum and Cardano have, have sort of outperformed. So Ethereum's up nearly 200% and Cardano is, is also a top performing asset up around about 650%. And so considering our, our sort of recent bear market, there's uh, still some pretty strong numbers there as well. Wow. I mean, what a what a first half of the year for some of these assets. It's been incredible. Um, I wonder whether that can continue at this pace. Um, okay, so what are we keeping an eye on or what are you keeping an eye on for the remainder of the year, the next six months? Well, yeah, you mentioned it there. Uh, you know, can we can we keep that pace? Um, look, I think we will see things slow down slightly. We might not see the same returns that we did, you know, this year uh, in the first half. But that doesn't mean that there isn't room for growth in in certain areas. You know, look, if we're looking at tech, we want to be focusing on clean balance sheets, high profitability. That's the focus there, especially if we're going to be going into an environment where bond yields are expected to rise. And, and we do expect things like the 10 year yields to rise if we're looking at analyst expectations across the board. Um in turn, there's going to be volatility that comes through the market over the next six months. I think that's without a doubt. I think we'll see more volatility in the second half than we have in the first half of the year. Um, but I still think we're in an environment that favours those cyclical equities, uh, value stocks, financials, consumer discretionary, etc. Uh, it's interesting. I think for me recently, uh, I've been looking at more of you know an ETF focus to give me exposure to these certain areas. And I think ETFs are picking up a, a lot of interest at the moment. Uh, something that, you know, as I say, I've personally been looking at to try, try and diversify that portfolio because you know, traditionally over the last two, three years, you have been focused on tech because it's been the best performing asset. So, you know, trying to look in, looking at ways of, of diversifying out of that and, and sort of at the moment, ETFs are, are offering a great option there. And usually they're seen as a bit maybe of a, of a boring asset, I think, maybe traditionally, um, but some ETFs are doing really, really well at the moment. And there's some great returns to be had from ETFs, of course. Um, looking into sort of stocks and earnings, things like that, we're seeing that we can expect uh, further upside surprises from earnings in Q2, which uh, starts around about 13th of July. I think analysts continue to underestimate the earnings leverage, which is said led by cyclicals there. So there is a huge upside on, on those earnings growth with 65% year over year growth expected from the S&P 500, which is above Q1 levels as, uh, as those revenues sort of keep accelerating. Um, and we saw big numbers in Q1, uh, but this momentum is, is, is set to run into the next set of earnings that we're going to see as well. Looking at commodities, as we say, we spoke about oil a few weeks back and, and what to expect there. The futures are, are pointing towards lower prices after a huge run so far this year. And I think we did touch on that in the, the last time we spoke about oil, that we think it could sort of come off slightly. Again, it just comes down to that sort of demand side of it and, and what we see from COVID across the world. 
I think gold will, will have a better end of the year than it has had to the start. It's It's been out of favour, really. No one's really taken too much of an interest. It had a little bit of a rally um, sort of to start this year um, then has pulled off. Um, and, you know, I think I think it's underperformed in, in the first six months of this year. But if we see higher volatility, um, I think we will see investors start to transition back towards gold and, and there'll be an interest there. And then, of course, crypto, we'll touch on recent updates, you know, in, in a bit as we usually do. But I think it will certainly be an asset class to watch for the rest of the year. You know, I think we both said on our predictions for the end of the year that we can expect Bitcoin to probably trade higher than where it is now. But especially at these prices, we're, we're seeing you know, it, it become more attractive to, towards investors. Um, but I think, as I say, we're, we're seeing Bitcoin trade at similar levels that we entered into 2021 at, um, and we're still probably in a bear market, I think, at the moment. So despite that volatility, I think crypto will continue to be added to portfolios to increase diversification and in obviously some cases reduce risk due to that low correlation with other asset classes. So that's my take um, on, on that side of it. Anything in particular that you're keeping your eye on, Sam? Well, I've just been taking notes of, of what you've been saying there, Josh. So <laughs> what you are, um, but no, in all, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm of the, the same sort of view. I think while we're not going to get the returns of the first half of the year, I think we still see a continuation higher. I'm really keeping an eye on crypto. I think that it, it a few of these these products, these assets are at levels where it does look interesting. Uh, and do we start to see that rotation higher? Time will tell. And, and, you know, you buy with the buyers and you sell with the sellers, of course. But, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting second half of the year and keeping an eye on, on, on the US data to see how that can influence the Fed and the markets. But, uh, yeah, overall, I'm, 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 a, I'm an equity bull, as, as people will know. And I think there is still room to the upside. Uh, speaking of data, we've got non-fund payrolls, um, which is happening this Friday, first Friday of the month. I was actually having uh, a debate in my in my own head. Is it coming out this Friday or is it not? Because obviously it's um, Independence Day this Sunday, 4th of July. And sometimes when there's a holiday, uh, they, they don't do it, but uh, they're doing it. So basically how many new jobs are, are created uh, last month in the United States? What are we expecting? Have you got any uh, got any insight for our, our listeners? Yeah, look, I mean, so far this year, I think the numbers have been a bit weaker than than what many had expected and predicted. I think last month's numbers came in lower than expected. Again, we saw five hundred fifty-nine thousand jobs added in May, uh, which was lower than the forecast about six hundred fifty thousand. So um, it'd be interesting going into this one. The forecast is for about 690,000 jobs with an unemployment rate of about 5.7 against the 5.8% from May. Um, so numbers around this time were, were still expected to be coming in around the 1 million mark at the start of the year. Um, I think I actually listened to a podcast of you, Sam, I think just as you just as you joined Detoro, actually, and you're talking about non-farm payrolls then. And I think on that podcast, you said that the expectation was a million, um, you know, so it just shows how far we have come and we're still not reaching that number. Um, and as I say, that, that, that then comes down to there's a lot of expectations that this job numbers could be higher. You know, again, there's lots of reports and uh, that I'm reading through at the moment that expects this to be higher, which in most cases so far this year doesn't tend to come through. We yeah. haven't seen that if, if we're going off the last few months. But if it does and we see a number above, say, 700,000 with an expectation of 690, we could then see a real upward shift in something like the dollar. I think it would be positive. Um, and then ac across the board, it will, will have an effect as well. I think 
the, the thing that we can look at as well is uh, over the last week, I've read a lot of reports of airliners complaining um, about how they're struggling to hire staff with flights actually having to be cancelled as a result. I think the standout name was American Airlines, uh, maybe last weekend or so far this month. Uh, obviously, the summer season kicking off in the US and they haven't got enough staff at the moment to 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 you know fulfill their demand that they're seeing so this lack of a pickup in in hiring trends tends to suggest that the these sort of generous unemployment benefits that we're seeing are acting as a as a break on workers returning back to work um and then in the meantime we're then seeing companies having to raise wages and then if wages are going up that's then not transitionary which is a a word that we've obviously used a lot recently um and i even saw something the other day that actually you know companies were offering signing bonuses to to get, actually get people to to join you know anyone would think we're talking about football again there sam but um <laughs> but yeah look i think if we going back to sort of the numbers i think if we see a stronger than expected number uh, we can expect to move out of the 10-year yield uh, which will likely rise and, and a weaker number will take away those sort of inflation fears as it did last month because the, the, you know the the foot's coming off the pedal a little bit that growth is then starting to cool off because when that growth continues with numbers coming back that's when the 10-year then comes up in inflation fears then sort of set in a little bit um so yeah that's definitely something to to keep an eye on so yeah i, I it's going to be well look it's always an interesting release whether people are looking to trade this event or not that that podcast you you mentioned where i talked about the million i also said how um some of the big banks would would meet on like a monday to discuss are they going to get involved in you know uh, and change their their you know their trades that they're looking to be in they're not looking to trade that friday volatility so look i i think if we were to get an unbelievable number really low unemployment hourly earnings up then it's interesting isn't it but if it mm. comes in that sort of inline bracket meh we sort of move on to, to the next event but yeah certainly some some key things to keep an eye on there uh next up as usual uh we've got we've got the crypto update what we what we think about it all right now yeah we, we obviously slightly touched on some of the asset seller and bitcoin but um it's it's obviously outperformed so far this year with most of the other assets with the altcoins as i said sort of have led that charge with ethereum cardano etc if we look at the sort of the top 20 assets by market cap so far year to date we've got a return of about 172 percent so there's absolutely just, no just, denying just the 172 percent just the just the measly 172 percent year to date so yeah look i think you know if we, we can't ignore crypto as an asset class in terms of how well that's performed in terms of that low correlation yes there's risk yes there's volatility but when we're talking about returns like that you know there's no wonder there's so much retail interest um look i think looking at bitcoin right now i still think we're in a bearish trend at the moment we saw again at the weekend we tested that support level around about 30k once again bounced off of it really strong i think we traded as high as 35k already after that bounce um so there's some really strong support there whether we go lower than that i read a report yesterday from jp morgan saying that they think it will go as low as 23 24 25k um be interesting to see if we we do hit those numbers um but you know, you know, I think at the moment we will probably continue to test those levels. Maybe we will need some some strong fundamental news to come out to really send us lower. The technicals do still look weak, but the technicals are, are still showing that we're bouncing off that thirty k mark every time. So maybe there's going to be some strong fundamentals that that push us lower. In terms of just general news, 
um looking at the news today we had kathy wood from arc invest uh she's put her name down this week for a bitcoin etf uh which now puts us up to 14 issuers uh from names such as fidelity and grayscale investment trust who have all filed for a bitcoin etf and i think it's certainly interesting we, we spoke about 172 percent return there um you know in the future whether we get you know a you know, something like an index um, or like an index ETF that can track those sort of top 20 assets, something like a DAO or something like that, that can, can track that because that would certainly interest a, a lot of retail investors. Again, that comes with time. But I, I wonder particularly with something like an ETF acceptance from the SEC, we'll see more institutions move towards Bitcoin and and maybe even um, more retail investors as well. I think it's, you know, something like an ETF acceptance is, is a bit of a, like a nod of approval from the SEC, really. And I think that's probably why they're holding off. They know that if they give the acceptance of an ETF, we could see a, a huge ball start to roll there. So that will certainly be an interesting one. And obviously, huge names lining up for that now, um, you know, to, re to really get in. And um, I think pretty soon we have a, there's a Bitcoin conference coming up with Jack Dorsey of Twitter and uh, Kathy Woods there. And uh, I think also Elon Musk's there as well. So definitely something we for... Not did we, Josh, unfortunately, for this one? No, no, they must have uh, must have got lost in the mail on the way to Sydney. So I'll, I'll let them off. Um <laughs> But yeah, look, I think uh, last thing to touch on, I think, is is Ethereum. And the reason I want to touch on it is just in terms of obviously how well it's performed year to day. We obviously talked about you know Bitcoin's low correlation to other assets. And we obviously know Bitcoin is is the market driver. But obviously, the, the second in charge of the crypto throne, if you like, in, in Ethereum, again, has that correlation to Bitcoin, but it also has its own fundamentals with many thinking that actually at some point in the future, it could flip Bitcoin. Whether that happens or not, I'm not sure, but we've got that transition of it towards Ethereum 2.0, which we'll see a move towards the proof of stake. Um, and we're also expecting the London hard fork in July, uh, which is coming up very soon, which will actually see a change of gas fees on Ethereum, making it slightly more transparent for users on the blockchain. Um, so that's something for investors to watch. Um, I've you know been a, an Ethereum bull for a very long time now. So there's a lot of positivity going on there. Um, and again, over the weekend, that tested some, some of the lows we hadn't seen for a while. I think it traded as low as about 1700, again, bounced back to about 2100. But that performance from ethereum this year there's a lot of positivity um in terms of the fundamental side moving forward so um yeah a lot to watch um and we'll certainly have a lot to talk about with crypto moving forward yeah definitely really interesting about the, the etf i think it's that institutional adoption if that really gets some pace this is just so fantastic for, for this space. I really want to, to sort of see how that goes. And yeah, you mentioned those, those support levels, uh, you know, while they're holding, the technical still don't look like the balls are in control. However, as we know, this space can change very quickly. And, and if some of those key resistance points goes, it, it looks like a different picture. Overall, longer term, we're still, you know, you'd have to say in that range in Bitcoin, what was it, 42,000, 40,000 as that sort of ceiling and 30,000 as, as the floor. In between all of that, do you want to get involved? I mean, listen, if you bought 30,000, you know, you're, you're laughing right now for sure. Um, but I think it's once we get above that that 40 odd, then things look a bit clearer. Uh, but look, thank you, Josh, as, as usual, for, for joining. And, and thank you guys for, for making it this far in the podcast. Always good to, to have you with us. And uh, look, you can learn more about the markets by visiting our eToro Trading School. There's a few on-demand courses there. You've got the weekly webinars, the weekly outlook, uh, loads of free content 
on there and more coming. So keep a watch on that. We'll be back next week as long as England don't lose. Thank you. We may we may be back next week. <laughs> yeah, we may, <laughs> may be back next week. Uh, but look, Josh, thank you as always for, for joining. Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of the week. See you soon. Have a great week, guys. Take care. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.